0: Coach, uh, welcome to Championship Culture. Uh, this is one I've been looking forward to all day. We've got Donnie Kiefer, who's the head football coach at West Ashley High School in South Carolina. And Donnie is an absolute legend in North Carolina. Has uh, multiple programs, taken over week programs and turned them into winners. Then he's doing the uh, everyone's dream. He went down to South Carolina double-dipping and won two state championships right out the gate. So, uh, Coach, uh, awesome to have you on here, man, and uh, and looking so forward to hearing how you put together a program because you've been so successful with it everywhere you've
1: ever been. Well, I appreciate it, Joe. Uh, my pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we're all uh, very passionate about our profession and nothing better than being able to sit around and talk about it.
0: Awesome, awesome. And I, and I forgot to say what a uh, – the way I met you, we were both speaking at a clinic and, and coach is a, a master in the weight room. Matter of fact, I still use from that clinic. Uh, I still use a lot of the tips that you taught us in that clinic in in, in our weight room. And, uh, so I, I know you're going to, you're going to talk a little bit about that also. I'm sure that's where you build it. So, uh, fantastic having you on here, man. And, uh, we're going to jump right in with question number one, which is, can you give a one minute elevator introduction of yourself?
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, You know, I grew up, started playing football when I was six years old at the Boys Club in Concord, North Carolina, you know, played all through uh, uh, school, played at Central Cabarrus, went to Lenore Ryan and and played Uh, Jack Huss, who is just an awesome coach, was my, uh, was the head coach there, Uh, started a semi-pro team in Hickory called the Hickory Hornets, uh, which we did real well, won a state championship, uh, was ranked fifth in the nation, then got into high school coaching. Uh, coached high school football for four years as an assistant, then went to Davidson College as the head strength coach and the running backs coach, uh, did that. And then uh, my first head coaching job was at St. Paul's. I've since been the head coach at uh, 11 different schools. Uh, I left my first head coaching job was in 1986. And uh, my last five years in North Carolina was at Central Cabarrus, which was my alma mater, uh, where I also played. Uh, got that program turned around, broke school record for most wins, most points, all those kind of things. So that, that was a real blessing to be able to go back there and do that. Uh, I left Central Cabarrus and, and retired from North Carolina in, uh, 20, after the 2016 season and went to Green Sea Floyds in uh, 2017. Um, I was fortunate to be in the top 10 uh, winningest coaches in North Carolina when I left. I think around 224 wins or something like that. And then uh, the, second, the second year and third year at Green C. Floyds, we were able to win uh, state championships here in South Carolina. Uh, after that, an um, uh, 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 old Lumberton guy, you probably know, uh, Jeff Phipps, uh, sort of recruited me to come down to West Ashley. And uh, you know my wife was up for it. So we decided we'd make the move down here. Uh, This was my first year at West Ashley. We had a seven game season and uh, were able to go five and two, uh, which was the first winning season in the history of the school, which is 20 years old. So uh, we lost three to nothing to Somerville, which should have won that game. We held them to 69 yards and still lost the game. We got beat pretty well by Fort Dorchester. But uh, that was one of those, uh, you know, that is one of those mental things where I don't think they really thought they could beat Fort Dorchester, but uh, you know, that, that's something we'll remedy going forward here.
0: And I, I just, and I'm off script for a second, you've just, you've done such an awesome job of coming in and taking weaker programs and turning them around so fast. Well, you, I, I'm sure you're going to say, well, I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear you say it. The number one key in your mind to getting the program turned around, what is it?
1: Well, really everybody thinks the first word I'm going to say is weight room because I am so strong and, and so passionate about the weight room. I've been a competitive lifter all my life, uh, did extremely well in powerlifting, uh, broke a lot of records, you know, won a lot of titles, stuff like that. And that is sort of where it starts, but it, it's the mentality. Uh, you know, I've never gone into a program where they weren't, and, and every program I've gone into just about was just down really down so it wasn't about uh that they didn't have any athletes though it wasn't like the kids weren't there in fact people used to accuse me of old coach looks around for somewhere where they're loaded and then he takes that job and I'm thinking yeah right if they were loaded why weren't they winning so (laughs) but but anyway so it's really not that they don't have the athletes it's just that they need to be they need a different direction they need to learn how to win Usually, you know, programs that are down, they're down for a reason other than just talent. And like you said, it starts in the weight room. Usually when I take over a new job, I usually go in, you know, around March or April, uh, something like that. And the first thing we do is hit the weight room and hit, hit it running. You know, we hit the ground running and we get after it, uh, very high intensity level. But even though I've been a competitive powerlifter all my life, I train our kids like athletes. Not, not just powerlifters. The power fact is obviously a big factor in it. We get our guys brutally strong, but it's not what people might think. They might think, oh, this guy's a powerlifter. So they're going heavy, heavy all the time and you know, blah, blah, blah. We do just as much speed, agility, plyometrics. Everything we do is ATP PC system. Uh, the game of football, fast twitch ATP PC system game. And that's the way that our entire speed and program is is run it's everything's within that system and uh you know we just we use three different training models we use progression we use static we use speed so there's a lot of modalities we use to train and our kids really see benefits quickly and you know so so that's the first thing we learn right off the bat that number one we're never going to fear weight we're never going to fear hard work we're going to become explosive and, and we train that way. We, we, we sell them on that mentality of, of being very aggressive in the weight room, just like on the field. You know, if you're going to be aggressive, you should be aggressive all the time, just like i talked to them about being competitive in the classroom. If you're going to be competitive on the field and competitive in the weight room, why can't you be competitive, take that same competitive outlook into the weight, into the classroom? So that's where we start. And we learn to compete with ourselves and compete with each other and compete against numbers, compete against standards and everything. We wanna be great at everything that we do and the best at everything we can do. It's like I tell them, we're not gonna be denied by anything. We're never gonna have any self-imposed limitations. I don't want anyone to ever have in their mind, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't lift that much weight. I'll never be a 500-pound squatter. I'll never be a 600-pound squatter because anything is possible if you put your mind to it. You know that. You know, we, you know We've heard those cliches forever, you know whatever the mind can conceive, the body can, can achieve. And, 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 and to a high degree, that, that's absolutely true. So that's where we take it. And we make it a competitive atmosphere all the time with a lot of fun. So that, that's, that's the first part, okay? That's step one to turning a program around. Step two is when we go into the summer, of course, we're still training hard. You know, obviously the work rest ratios are, are getting smaller. You know, we're not taking as much time between sets. We're trying to get into game condition, but also summer brings seven on sevens, not just practice, not just lifting, but seven on seven, which is when you go into a new program, that's your first competition against another opponent. So what we do is, you know, we take that very seriously. You know, we are far from win at any cost, you know, philosophy, you know, we want to always do things the right way with high character, you know, give our kids an opportunity to play and see things, but we want everything to be highly competitive. So when we go into seven, seven on sevens in the summer, it ain't about, you know, hey, let's go have some fun, throw the ball around a little bit. It's like, let's go win because you got to set that winning mentality. And the thing that I try to tell our guys is when we walk on the field against somebody with a different color jersey on, a different color helmet on, whatever it is, we're going out there to win. You know, we're, we're, we're going to compete. We're going to learn to compete and we're going to win and we're going to have fun winning. So that's part two. Then step three is once we get out of that and then it's preseason, then we go into scrimmages, right? So we've learned how to win in the weight room, we've learned how to win and compete in seven on seven, and then we go into scrimmages. And, you know, yes, we want to get everybody looks. Yes, we want to get everybody on film, find out who can play, who can't, what works, what don't work. But to be honest with you, when we go into a scrimmage, we're going into a scrimmage to win the scrimmage. We're not going just to show up and just, you know, compete. We're going to win. So, so that's step three. And then by the time you get to step four, which is the season, you've already set that standard. Of how to be a winner, how to compete at a high level, how to really get after it, and that's what we want to be about. So then we have set what we consider our culture. That is what is our culture. We know how to work hard. We will not be denied. We're going to do things the right way, and we're going to learn how to compete and win.
0: That's absolutely awesome. And while you were talking about weight room, I remember we still use speed bench the way you taught me, which was rattle the plates. You know that that was the. It was, it was so down to earth and so uh, understandable to me and to our kids that that that's uh, one of the things that's always uh, a Donnie Kiefer in our weight room is the speed bench and rattling those plates. Yeah. Uh, fantastic coach. You, you just answered question number two. And, and I guess I want to rephrase it. Uh, you know, the, the way it's written is what is your definition of culture in your program? And you just answered it, but you know, you were turning around programs and, and winning, Long before they even called it culture, right? So how uh, how have you adopted the, the new like terminology? Are you just doing you know what you've always done and just packaging and you know just calling it you know what everyone calls it
1: today? Right. Well, I mean, like everybody else, we are we're always growing as coaches. We're always gleaning and learning from other people and and different things. But the the actual philosophy, I mean, just because culture is the new buzzword. You know, doesn't mean that that's what we use all the time. What we want to do, it, it, to me, culture is a mindset and, and it's a series of things that you accept and that are not acceptable within your program. And, you know, those have to be pretty tight and well-defined. Uh, you know, you have to be sure that the kids understand them, that the coaches understand them, and then that becomes, you know, you've heard this before, whatever, whatever you allow, you tolerate, or whatever you tolerate, you teach. You know, whatever. We want to be sure that we're teaching all the right things, all the right competitive atmosphere, all how to win with class and character, to be good people, uh, to be good people in the classroom, on the street, in the community, and on the football field. But do that with such a high competitive level that we never walk away from anything knowing that we did not do our best, that we left something on the field that we could have done better.
0: That's beautiful. And, uh, yeah, the way you, the way you want, you know, one, two, three, four on your, on your, uh, how you teach them to turn it around and be super competitive. I I love it. Uh, question number three is what are the three best things you do to build culture? And now we're looking for, I mean, you laid the plan out just as, uh, you know, just as clearly as I've ever heard anyone lay it out. Is there any kind of like uh, special events? Any any kind of uh, you know things you do, team building activities, anything like that that you do to add into that seven on seven and that building that that competitive winning mindset through? You know, you laid it out in so beautiful. Weight room, seven on seven scrimmages, and then
1: season. Is there yes. anything else you can add in there? Well, not really so much specifically. We don't do a whole lot of what you know. Uh, we don't we don't have our tagged you know team builders, and things like that. It's just the, the atmosphere that we try to create. Number one is, I think, that the, the coaching staff, beginning with the head coach, you have to show that you know what you're doing, that you are honest, that they can trust you, that you have answers when things don't go well, and that you're able to show them love. If you don't really love those guys, man, they know it. You know, They know, hey, he only cares about me because I can rush for a thousand yards or I can throw the football on the dime. They they know that they're not stupid. You got to show them and and convince them that you care about them as individuals. And I'm not talking about fake stuff. We all know fake stuff, you know, like how's mom and dad and how's this and that. And in their mind, these coaches are going to, I don't really care about that, but I want you to think I do. You have to really let them know. And there's a lots of, lots of ways you can do that, that you care about them, that you love them, that kind of thing. And, you know, it, it, that is one of the things that will build a program quicker than any, you know, you, you can take the guys up to Nantahala and, 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 and go down the, you know, the, the rapids and do all that kind of stuff together to build team. But what really builds team is when you can show them as a group and as individuals that you really care about them. I think that's one. Number two is that you always show them that, that you are going to put them in position to win that you're always going to put them in a position to win, meaning you are not going to be out prepared. As a football coach, they need to know, look, I'm going to give coach everything I got because I know that he's going to come up with a great game plan. He's going to come up with adjustments. He's going to come up with everything he can do to put us in position to win. And this is a partnership. And I know that I can trust coach. Coach has to be able to trust me. And then we got something going on. And the third thing is to never, ever treat or, or let me put it this way, never ever attack the, the players as people. And, and one of our mantras is in our program is you can attack performance, but never attack the person. I don't ever want myself or any of my coaches, number one, we don't allow profanity you know, from the players or the coaches. Number two, I don't ever want to hear a coach attacking a player and challenging his manhood or challenging his intelligence or anything like that you can attack the performance and you can coach them hard but you don't have to attack that person where you lower their self-esteem and they appreciate that and they reciprocate that when you treat kids like that they're not going to turn around and mouth off, mouth off to you because they know you're showing them respect and they're going to do the same thing that's
0: beautiful man that that's uh you know, it's, it's easy to see why you're a legend now because you got it wired in on exactly how you're teaching it and, and, the, and the thought process behind it. Uh, here's a great one for you. Uh, question number four. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you
1: first got started? Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, um, I think probably the biggest thing is how to rest a little bit, how to uh, – let me, let me go back two seasons ago. One of the biggest lessons that, that, that I ever got, and, and, and I'm going to preface that by saying one of the hardest things that I ever learned was to delegate because, you know, I coached a lot of 1A schools. I've coached at all levels, you know, 1A through 5A and, you know, everything. And a lot of programs, I had to do everything. You've been there and done that, and you know how that is. And um, so that's one thing, learning how to delegate. But, but here's something I learned in 2018 that was so important to me. You, you probably remember when we had all the floods and all the schools were shut down for like three or four weeks. And, you know, I, I was living in Longs, which is right down near North Myrtle. Green Sea was 30 minutes inland. No one could get anywhere. Everybody was flooded out. People were losing their homes. Some of our players, uh, even my pastor, you know, lost everything. So, you know, it was a bad situation. And we're right in the middle of the season. We had just beaten Loris for the first time, I think, in school history. If not in school history, it was in a long, long time, but first time we'd ever beaten Loris. And so, you know, like we're on the road, let's like, let's go. And all of a sudden, boom, we're shut down for three and a half, four weeks. And during that time, you know, like any football coach, I'm pulling my hair out man. like, dang, you know, we're not getting better. We're getting worse. We can't even get to the school. We can't do anything. Everything's shut down. And then So after all of that time, you know, I'm always checking in with the players, you know, and say, hey, do whatever you can. If you can do push-ups, do push-ups. If you have a roadway left near you, go out and run sprints. Whatever you need to do, try to stay in some semblance of shape. And that was before we really were doing all the Zoom and stuff. You know, we weren't all proficient at Zoom at that time. So we come back, and uh, after three weeks off, they give us four days to prepare to play a game. So that first game ended up being on a Saturday and we went over and beat Timmonsville by one point. And then we just took off. We just got so much better. I mean, it was like, we had, like everybody was fresh mentally, everybody was fresh physically. And the thing that I learned from that was it showed me that more is not always better. I learned that a lot, the hard way a long time ago as a power lifter, you know, I overtrained and learned that more was not better, but this was the first time as a football coach that I understood that backing off a little bit and having a little rest and not push, push, push so hard all the time really made us better. We went on and won the state championship against uh, uh, Lamar, you know, who was a South Carolina power and I think had been to four in a row and won three of them. So, you know, it was just a, it was one of those things where God just slapped me upside the head and say, hey, you know, maybe you ought to back off a little bit and, you know, understand that uh, rest is sometimes a good thing, too.
0: That's uh, that's awesome. My, you know, there, there's famous stories about when you're at some of them smaller schools and you had to run both sides of the book, you know, call both sides and that. Yeah. You, you remember uh, Steve Mallard? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was at St. Paul's before I was. Yeah. Steve, uh, Steve was my D coordinator last year and we got into a game. And we were getting we were getting beat up on defense, and so I jumped in there and took over for just a little while, not very long. And after the game, he told me I, I did a Donnie Kiefer. And of course, of course, I took that as a compliment. He know that, but I
1: took that as a compliment. All right, yeah, that, that's true. And I've done that most of my career. I mean, and I've always been pretty, you know, pr- pretty much you know equal access on both sides of the ball. I did two National All Star games where I was the head coach of Randy offense. And then in the Shrine Bowl in the, uh, in the East-West game, I was the defensive coordinator in both of those. So I love both sides of the football. And, and, and for, for any young coaches out there or new, newer head coaches, one thing that I feel is vital if you want to be an effective head coach is you have to – one thing I'm going to say people are going to say, oh, that's not possible. But it is possible. Number one, you need to know both sides of the ball very well. And beyond that, you need to be able to coach – with great proficiency, every position, and I know people are going to go. I don't know about that, but you can. You know, if you're a student of the game and you really set your mind to it and really become, uh, you know, a, a researcher in that kind of thing, you can learn every position and learn to coach it well. And so I think if you can do those two things, you can be successful. And here's my reason for that: if you're going to take over a lot of young guys. You know, like maybe maybe their experience was on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe they, you know, came up, then became a defensive coordinator, or they came up, then became an offensive coordinator. So whichever side they feel is their side of the ball, they're going to have to hire a coordinator for the other side. And if you don't know offense and defense enough, or one or the other, if you don't know both well enough that you can say, hey, here's what I want to do, here's how I want to do it, Let's talk about it. Let's get on the same page. Then I'm going to let you run it, and I'm going to trust you to do it. I'm going to be here for you if you have any questions about this. But the flip side of that is if you have to just go out and hire somebody because you don't know, then you're putting your career into their hands. And guess what? When you're not winning, it ain't that guy that's going to get fired It's you. So just a word to the wise for you head coaches, and especially younger guys. Now, I'm 100%
0: on your back. And I'll take it a step farther. I, I think you know I I uh, I ran the offensive side for most of my career, but it was when I when I became the D coordinator, my growth sh- as a coach shot out the roof. You know something Man. about being a D coordinator. You know honestly, the defensive side just so much harder than the offensive side in the first right. place. But that that experience of being a D coordinator just just shot my knowledge and understanding of the game and the way I viewed the game, it completely right. changed it. And if I wouldn't have done that, I would have never, you know, because on off especially air raid, you know, yeah. throw it around to go fight, you know, all that stuff. But right. I thought being a D coordinator made you become a real coach. You know, you okay. you had to you have to dig in and you got to do your work, you know, on Sundays and you know, it's it's just so much harder on the defensive side.
1: I'm with you 100%, you know. Yeah, right. Coach every position. Yeah, the the, the better you know offense, the better defensive coach you're going to be and vice versa. And, you know, I've always said, you know, like whichever side of the ball I'm talking to, you know, we have our game plan, you know, whether it's defensively or offensively. And, you know, everything that we're doing and the thing I always tell everybody, hey, those guys on the other side of the ball are really smart, too. And, you know, like I'm the king of hypotheticals. And anybody that's ever coached me to tell you that because I'm going to prepare for stuff that you might could do based off of what you're already doing, what offensive and defensive sets or formations you run. So I'm going to, you know, even if I haven't seen you run play X and I think you could run it out of what you're doing, I'm going to prepare for that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. You got to always uh, have a little anticipation of what could go wrong and then be sure you have adjustments for that. Yeah. And I, I, I guess mine is uh I don't chase the hypotheticals as much as you
0: do, but I just know uh, I always, even when I'm calling the offense, I always ride the defensive bus. Them guys are just tougher and they're more focused before the game. And all the all the pretty boys on offense, I can't stand being <laughs> on that bus. <laughs> Coach, you did fantastic, man. I appreciate you doing this. Can you give uh, – what's your best contact
1: information? Because I know there's a lot of guys that are going to want to reach out to you. Okay, yeah, and guys, feel free. I mean, I've talked to – two different coaches over the last two days about just program stuff, just out of the blue, just called me. And uh, I had another coach call me tonight and asked me if he could come and watch his train and, you know, talk some strength and conditioning with me. So I'm open guys. I love this. Anybody that wants to talk to me ever feel free. Uh, my email is NC as in North Carolina. I spent, like I said, 30, 31 seasons, I guess in, uh, in North Carolina as a head coach. Uh, before I came down here, and I've been in South Carolina for this is my fourth year. So, uh, but anyway, my email is nc, as in North Carolina, nccoachk at gmail.com. So feel free to contact me. I'm at West Ashley High School, which is in Charleston, South Carolina. And I would love to talk football anytime about any subject.
0: Awesome, Coach. I sure do appreciate it, man. You did fantastic.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed it.